Welcome along. Thank you for joining the Selling on eBay radio show. Welcome to the Selling on eBay radio show. Just said that. We're here to save you money, <laughs> to increase your sales, and to have fun. The lines are open for your calls and texts. 1 833 eBay 723. That's 1 833 322 9723. This is Fake Announcer Guy saying here's Philip and Sherry with another fine program. So Philip Jackson and Sherry Smith, your hosts on the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Sherry is a full-time eBay seller based out in Colorado. One of the things she does to help the eBay firmament is to uh, act as a friendly seller at various eBay events. And lots of uh, eBay departments have her number on speed dial for use just in case Liz O'Kane is not picking up. And Philip uh, lives in the swamps near the happiest place on earth in Orlando. His best friends are alligators and peacocks, and they enjoy his collection of vehicles and laundry paraphernalia. Basically junk uh, <laughs> in death piles waiting to be cleared out. Anyway, it's the Selling on eBay radio show, a program that is about making your eBay business fun and profitable, both at the same time, we hope. And coming up in today's show, we have... We have, well, first of all, eBay revamped Seller Center. So we're going to talk about, is it good or bad for sellers? We'll let and you also, know. Uh, we sent our roving reporter to, I guess, the first uh, eBay in-person event in what? Probably a, a couple of years. And we asked the question, are they resuming? What form might they take? And should you go along? And that is the Selling on eBay radio show. You can also take part if you like. Uh, you can call anytime. Uh, the number is uh, 1-833-EBAY-723. That's 1-833-EBAY-723 if you'd uh, like to be part of the program. Uh, you can also find out uh, more about us if you're interested. The website with our respective details is sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. And, uh, well, how have our respective weeks been? Mine's been quiet and then kind of picked up. How about you? Mine's been actually eBay sales have been slow, and I do think it's because kids are having finals and graduating people are planning their vacations. That's what I'm assuming. It's almost like the usual June is for me. Mm -hmm. But um, but I did try to find a, a top on eBay, and what I discovered because I don't buy on eBay that much is that it's not. It's really not easy with millions of pieces of clothing to find the right thing. So hmm. I don't know if we should Are you analyze. just searching by text, woman's top, or are you typing in sophisticated search? Are you looking for brands? I mean, how, how do you go about it? So I don't know what brand. I just knew that with my flare bottom, I call them fancy pants, but they, they're black with big pink flowers on them. Okay. And the way that they are, I really needed a crop top just to sit right at the top of them. So mm. I was looking for a black top that was crop and then like a halter style neck. And uh, sleeveless was one of the kind or short sleeve. So for I started off with words and then gave up because I 
eBay was returning out of hundreds of thousands. When I put in those words, I was getting like five results and they were some ridiculous bra. So is this because they don't have a left-hand navigation category that fits what you want or the, the sellers are too lazy to complete all that information and therefore it's being filtered out? What, what, what's going wrong? There must be, must be thousands out there that meet that, meet that criteria, right? I know. I don't understand it. So what I did was then I just narrowed it down to top so that I could get the category. And then I worked with item specifics and I just went to um, sleeveless and there was nothing for crop mm. and there's nothing for length. And I ended up receiving, so I ended up finding one top. There were two results other than these four that were all the same seller and were all the same listing. Hmm. And um, when I did get that in the mail too late for the event, um, it's got this tiny little neck that I'm not sure I can wear because I feel like I might be choked out at any given time. Hmm. Which makes me think, and it, it's not even worth returning, so maybe I'll just wear it at the beach or something. But... Um, it, it makes me think that they're really, how can people search for clothes unless they know the exact brand and what size they wear in that brand? That's what I do. <laughs> That's yeah, why all so, my stuff looks exactly the same because I know that manufacturer X, size Y, it's going to fit because they are very consistent. So I, I stick within my safe zone of stuff I think will fit and then I'm good to go. Mind you, I live in Florida, so I wear shorts and T-shirts pretty much constantly. So I'm pretty easy oh, to keep yeah. happy. But uh, You don't um, want to die of heat of exhaustion. It, it, I think the problem is that, the, particularly I think in the American market, manufacturers have a different sizing system from what's actually on your tape measure because I think they try to flatter you a little bit. So... If it's a size 36, it's probably going to measure closer to 38, and that sort of stuff goes on. But some people don't, and imported items will stick to the rules of actually it means 36. So I w what I would like eBay to do is try and encourage sellers who sell clothes maybe to have amongst them some standardized way of, of measuring a garment. that might not match what it says on the label. But if they physically measure it in certain key places and put that into the listing, I would then be able to say, okay, I want stuff that actually measures, let's say, 37. And I'd know the stuff that, that I was going to receive would at least fit me. Because oftentimes, I, and this is, I think, why people find clothing frustrating to sell is that so much stuff comes back. And I think the imaging is very good these days. You, you, you pretty much know what you're going to get color and shape-wise, but the fit is a problem. Yeah, I get at, at least a couple returns a week. And the reason is always didn't fit. Mm -hmm. And I am giving the measurements. I'm giving armpit to armpit, shoulder to shoulder. But when I measure length, how do they know where I'm measuring it from? I'm mm. measuring it from the shoulder, but not any consistent, specific place. And just by... I, I figured if I could... I. If I know what I want, I knew I wanted a halter top. I knew I wanted sleeveless, and I know oh, usually what size I am. Um, you know, it varies. It could be a small or an extra small, depending on what it is or who the brand is. But I found it impossible, and the thing I got was fairly ridiculous. 
So I thought eBay's not working well as a browsing for clothing. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's me. Yeah. So I was wondering if we could have like our own ad- avatar that eBay creates based on the measurements that you put in your height, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your um, all the pertinent measurements, and then with when you have your avatar and you're shopping, it puts that top on it. Is that that's ah. too much to ask, isn't it? Well, or is it? I I don't know. I mean, they say they hide all these artificial intelligent experts. That was a school. I think it was called statistics, but you know, I think it's been jazzed <laughs> up over the years. And I don't see why they couldn't track, for example, the stuff that you buy. If you know that brand X runs a certain size, and that you you keep those, and you reject other ones from brand brand Y that didn't fit because it was too small or too big, and you could say whether it's much too small, much too big. In theory, if you bought a few items, the system can get cleverer at figuring out exactly what's going to fit you. I don't yes. see why it couldn't do that. And if it yes, if you could, if you could put your actual dimensions in, and if they were to start a process of actually getting sellers to put their actual dimensions of the garment in a consistent way, because as you say, length is something that everyone has their own way of measuring. Right. Um, that's a crapshoot. But if they had a standardized way and said, this is how you measure it, everyone's going to have the same system. I think it would really knock down the number of returns to clothing sellers. And with things like first-class posts getting more and more expensive, that's going to be a a tough category to make money in going forwards. Yeah. And I I, afterwards, I thought, this is ridiculous. I should not try to shop for clothing online. And I just kind of give up. But um, I think that eBay could do it if they, like you said, have it standardized. Because in my also in my description, I put armpit to armpit, shoulder to shoulder. But eBay should have you enter that, and then mm-hmm. they should use the data. Well, because some people put it in the body, some put it in the title, some photograph their tape measure, which yep. is frustrating because you then have to zoom in to try and read the right-hand number. And, <laughs> That's you know, right. It's, like, would it really be that hard to write it down? Or some use Sizely or those sort of bits of postcard where they write. And there's a million different systems out there. And a lot of people yeah. just don't bother at all, which is the most frustrating. <laughs> That's um, right. If they, I, I do think there's, there's room to standardize stuff. I, I know we don't like eBay poking in their fingers into our business, but I think it would be for the general benefit of buyers and sellers if it was a little more structured. Yeah, and if this is a category they're excited about, because, I, I mean, they have millions of items on there, so I would think that they would want to... Make it work. Okay. Well, that's. Uh, I'm sure there's thousands of people on eBay listening every week, figuring out what great ideas they can take from us and claim for themselves. So, uh, good luck with that. If you want extra input, we'll be uh, happy to provide it for our, our usual percentage. Uh, I'm going to come to you in a minute and ask you about your uh, your package that you sent to. Was it Chile or Brazil or something? How we're getting on with that? Uh, but on the subject of packages, um, you may remember I. I sprung for a camera that photographs and catches full motion video of people picking up packages at my house because that's how my stuff goes out. And it was a it was after FedEx picked up a bunch of USPS stuff and it just caused enormous problems, weeks and weeks of of heartache trying to figure this thing out. And it wasn't cheap. It was like $150 to put a camera up as a little solar thing so I don't have to have it wired into power and it works on the Wi-Fi network. But once it's been up, it's it's say it's probably paid for itself a couple of times over, just just through less of a lot of aggravation. Now, so I'm very pleased with that. I had um, I was on travel, 
And I'd left some stuff out. I have bins that they pick stuff up from. I'd, I'd gone away. I'd left a couple of items in the FedEx bin. I'm usually pretty confident they'll manage that okay. And the next day, it sends you a report of stuff you sent yesterday, and it only said one item. I know I left out two, and I checked before I went to the airport. So it's a difficult thing to resolve remotely. Who knows what went on? But with my camera... I can just go into it. I can pull the video file. I can see what time the guy turned up, and I see him open the lid. He looks in there. I can see him, see him work out where he's to take one or two. For whatever reason, he takes just one. I don't <laughs> the other one. Um, so I, I now know exactly what happened, and I can ring the supervisor that runs the route, and I can say, okay, this guy turned up. Here's a picture of him. He took the one. Don't know why he didn't take the other one. Can you, A, coach him the next time, take everything in the bin, please? And by the way, send someone round pronto to go get the other one. So I'm only going to be one day behind rather than several days behind when I get back and discover there's still stuff sitting there that I left when I went to the airport. So, you know, in terms of peace of mind and hassle and sleeping at night, uh, it's, it's worked out pretty well. Oh, if you want a recommendation, I, I looked at various types of camera and I was particularly looking for one that I don't have to then subscribe 3 or $4 a month for a service because mm-hmm. that's frustrating. Um, and the RioLink cameras do uh, just everything I need them to do as part of a free plan. Every month I have to sign in and just can tell them I'm still alive and they should carry on doing it. But I don't pay them any money every month. So, and the videos are stored in the cloud? Uh, or you have a DVR? Uh, it can send me... A video file via email, highly compressed. I can access them from the cloud, and they're stored on a card in the camera in super duper high resolution, ultra long versions. But I haven't had to get the ladder out and go and get up to the camera and pull the card out. But in theory, I can. Usually, the the the, the, the short version that that I can access remotely is plenty good enough to see what happened. That's amazing. There's no monthly fee. No, that's that's uh, so. Anyway, um, it's kind of the sort of thing you you probably don't want to do if you're really just starting out. But if you're if you're selling some fairly expensive items in some kind of quantity, that peace of mind, um, I, I find that's 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 a worthwhile investment. Yeah, my brother does security systems, so I have outside cameras surrounding the house, and I have mm-hmm. a DVR as well as in the cloud, but. Um, I think that's a great solution, you know, if you don't want to pay a monthly fee well, and have it right on I your I get parcel. occasional emails of various wildlife triggering <laughs> the system at various times of day, mostly of the, uh, the feathered variety. They seem to set it off quite often, but a uh, small price to pay. Yeah. And on the subject of shipping things out, you mentioned the other day that you were taking your life in your hands – and sending something to one of those countries that most of us would have on our definitely blacklist, we will never yes. send anything there. So where was it again? Was it? It was Latin America somewhere, wasn't it? This one was Chile. Chile, huh? And and, has it got uh, there yet? Or no? And I, you're, I actually kind of forgot about this, so I refunded the buyer, but I opened a claim through whoever insures it for the eBay Standard International. Mm-hmm. And then um, I uploaded a copy of the interaction and a copy of the claim or that they opened, the case that she opened. I don't know if I'm using the right words, but it was um, she opened something with eBay saying she didn't get it. So I got another email from 
whoever this company is saying they need to see all correspondence about this. So I went to her message where she says, I didn't receive it, made a copy of that and sent them that. And I haven't heard from them since. And it's hmm. actually been a number of weeks. Okay. So thank you for the reminder, because I would like to get reimbursed for that. Will you be sending stuff to Chile in the future? Or was it a Chile-specific issue, do you think? or you? You know, I was thinking that now I don't have to block countries because eBay International will decide what's safe and what isn't, and I'll be protected. But now I'm going to have to relook at that, being that I'm not, I haven't been refunded yet. So you're using eBay Standard International, that's right, isn't it? That's yes. the one where they have you send it to someplace in the USA. They stick it in a big container. Once the container's full, they load it on an aircraft. It goes off to Buenos Aires or wherever it is, and they unload it there, drop it in the postal system. It then gets to the person and job done. That's right. So I figure um, if they want to, but the risk insurance that country, eBay provides is a hundred dollars on that service. Is that right? Yes. So above that, you'd be taking some personal risk. And above that, I should not ship to Brazil. Okay. Because right. I and probably not Chile either. Okay. I don't. I don't. Actually, some guy just wrote to me from Chile a moment ago asking. Well, he hadn't read the listing, so I didn't spend much time worrying about him. But uh, he was asking if you know I was going to sell stuff to Chile. And to be honest, it's just. I think with Latin America, you're so much at the mercy of of customs, in terms mm -hmm. of strikes and delays, and all those kind of things. And if someone says I didn't receive it. I think by default you have, what, 21 days on the eBay timeline to prove they did get it, unless you ask and beg for them to extend it. But typically I think it's 21 days to resolve, which in the scheme of Latin American custom strikes can be nothing. Yeah. And, you know, you, you could be out of pocket through no fault of your own. So unless it's a really hot market and that's what you have to do, if you've got buyers elsewhere... Personally, I pick them out buyers elsewhere because it they don't pay me anymore for taking that that risk and the hassle. So yeah, you know, I, I don't I, even know how I didn't. I used to block those countries. I don't know how I slipped on that. So I have to go back and do that. Hmm. Uh, also, in the news this week, um, I was on my week anyway. I, I was looking at some people's stores because I've kind of now got interested in the whole store thing because eBay's doing a big push on it, and there's some nice stuff coming out. And I've seen people that I don't think have changed their store content, but have gone on to the new layout. And the layout is nice. It's visual. The pictures are a bit bigger. But the problem is that the navigation and the sort of guidance and stuff has kind of been moved down a couple of notches. So if your stuff just speaks for itself, great. If, however, you're trying to communicate the kind of areas or categories that you operate in, or you're trying to guide people through some sort of um, structure of how you've set your store up, I think it'd be really good a good use of your time to have a look at how you can do that with the new new form new store format. Um, you can sort of set up visual navigation. You can set sort of buttons that people click on with pictures inside them, and that takes them to certain categories and things. Um, you can highlight stuff that's on promotion. It kind of you've got to figure out what works for you. 
But I think there's a danger of just leaving the default settings the way that eBay has them and not touching it, because I think that it's a little harder for the buyer to see what's going on and see the kind of things that you have in your store and maybe find their way through your listings. Now, Sherry, you've, you've invested some time in yours, right? Recently, I think yes. you said you've done it. Mm-hmm. I did once they changed the look of it. I poked around and it said I could put a billboard here. So I, I did that. And then for featured listings, I chose to do that because they would show at the top. And I have about five different items that are boots and leather jackets where my client has had professional Mm -hmm. models and a professional photographer take pictures. So I did those specifically, even though they're not good sellers because they're not a brand name. It looks very professional. And that's kind of what I'm trying to get to, I think, is it the store is about, per eBay's vision, is about creating trust with your buyers. It's communicating how professional you are and how someone can put confidence in you. And I think completing some of those design tasks doesn't take that long. It's not a bad thing to consider doing. The problem yeah, I have is that all my, st- my stuff's all one of a kind, so I can't really feature listings because no sooner would they be <laughs> up that someone probably would then buy it and then I've got a, a, a blank spot. So yes, um, good I can't point. really use that particular design element. But if you don't turn it on, it's not going to appear. You could, that's an optional way of seeing things. Yeah. So there's a couple of ways you can make it look good and it doesn't, it take long and it's easy to just choose from their, you know, options and you could even upload a video. I haven't come up with a good professional video yet that I want to represent. All right. Well, we look forward to seeing that. So it's the Selling on eBay radio show here to make your eBay um, selling task hopefully a bit more fun and be even more profitable. We'll be talking about uh, eBay Main Street and their latest campaign right after this. Do you have an eBay listing that isn't selling? Philip and Sherry want to help. They'll each make a couple of suggestions for things to change or try to get your sales moving. Just send us your item number and we'll get to work. www.sellsellsell.online What do you have to lose? Experts are standing by. That's www.sellsellsell.online So moving on to uh, eBay news this week, if you're subscribed to marketing messages from eBay, you probably got the same thing I did, which is eBay Main Street, which is kind of the uh, friendly name for their government relations department, uh, sent out messages trying to get sellers to lobby their um, politicians to have another crack at changing this new law, which is about issuing these 1099Ks for people that uh, transact electronically online. They tried a big push to change the law when it was being formulated um, because the law, as it's currently written, I think the threshold is one transaction and $600 in value, which thousands of people are going to do that each year, certainly, and maybe make that a little bit more, slightly higher threshold, maybe $10,000, something like that, maybe maybe 100 items. Um, because I, I've had family members, for example, that, 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 that want to send me some money, and they said, can I just send it to you by a PayPal? I go, no, no, don't use PayPal. I've got to get a 1099K. You no, know, no, just send me a check in snail mail. That's that's the way I want to receive money nowadays. Don't, don't do that. Because I have to explain to the government I, that wasn't a sale. That was personal money that got mingled up with business. And, you know, it's just 
an audit risk and a bunch of extra time come tax time. So I have some sympathy. And in fairness, the Main Street folks actually did set some of this stuff out because sometimes they send these letters out saying, oh, this is a really bad law. And they don't actually say what's wrong with it. So I'm reluctant to start writing to senators without really understanding what the issue is. I think that's our responsibility as citizens to understand what it is we're complaining about, right? Um, but this one was set out, and I, I do agree with them. I think I think $600 is a little bit of a low threshold. So I did hit the button, and my senators did get messages, and I got responses back of the canned format, obviously. But, um, you know, that's justice at work, right? Or at least the electoral system at work. Good for you for doing that. Um, but I'm selective. I don't just send them off willy-nilly. I like to understand the issue and see whether... Because I, I, I don't always agree with them. <laughs> um, and uh, also this week we saw in the news eBay announced a, a makeover of what they call their seller centre. And we uh, asked Sherry if she would go check it out. Is this something that we uh, need to be wary of? Or what, what, what did you make of the changes? Well, I, I hate to start with a glitch, but it's mm -hmm. so funny because when I first clicked into it, um, and I have to admit that I really haven't spent time in all these years in Seller Center, really, so I can't compare it to how it used to be. Um, but anyway, the when I first clicked into it, I saw that they have the new round of up and running grants. They have that front yes. and center. And then um, uh, talking about uh, get 0% final value fees now. So that must be referring to the eBay partner network. Um, anyway, then when I clicked around a little bit more, I ended up where I had um, all these options coming across the top. So I tried to get back to that and I mm. can't, but there's the little three lines in the top right corner and when you click that, now they have those options on the left. So um, I liked it when they were across the front, which was like 30 minutes ago. Um, but my overall uh, assessment is that this is really a lot of information that actually you can pick if you're just starting. Um, it has good short little videos about how to create a listing, how to do shipping. Um, they have another... Mm. Um, option for eBay for business and in there it can connect you to eBay Academy um, the oh eBay stores I was thinking that it also had a, something about the partner network in there but maybe that's a different section so all in all there is a wealth of information here and for someone who is just starting, I think it's a great That's place. what I thought. It looked to me like they were trying to visually entice people who are perhaps newer to selling and get them a little bit excited and try and send them in different places that might be of interest to them. I mean, yes. I never go to the sort of the front end of these things because I've bookmarked all the pages that I'm going to use on my browser anyway. So, and I did that before there even was Seller Center. I had all the, the key pages effectively created my own Seller Center. I haven't really yeah. changed that. So I don't typically go into the sort of the main page and then drill down. I go straight to whatever it is I need to do. So I haven't really encountered it. But um, I, I guess, I don't know, how does it compare with Amazon? I guess, I don't know, uh, Amazon's kind of, that, that's what they call their seller portal, I think. So maybe they're trying to copy Amazon a bit. I don't know. Um, anyway, if you have thoughts, you can let us know. If anything they've left out, we sometimes find that when they change things, 
there's key things disappear off the screen for no good reason. Anyway, if you like it or don't like it or have some thoughts, uh, feel free to let us know. You can shoot us an email. You can find all our details at uh, sellsellsell.online. That's sellsellsell.online. We also um, put some links to our stores there. If you see something that we're up to that you want to ask, so if you want to ask Shari why she has all her listings in 24-point red Comic Sans, Centre Justified. Uh, she'd be happy, for example, to uh, explain why she's doing that. <laughs> to pick a strange example, obviously. Maybe. Well, maybe um, I should think about not doing that. I guess that just shows I'm a little wacky, a little off-center. Right. Also in eBay news, um, oh, yes, we've got another uh, seller check-in that's coming up on the 19th. That is what, Thursday next week or Tuesday? I can't remember. Yes, it's Thursday. Thursday, that's right. Uh if you haven't been to one, uh, it is, I guess, an hour and a half of content, I think, from memory. Uh, 1 o'clock Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And you can find out uh, and sign up at sellerevents.ebay.com. You will see a parade of eBay dignitaries uh, on your screen telling you about what's uh, what's going on, any changes that are coming up. I think there's some new stuff um, about eBay Open, which we'll touch on in a minute. And um, it's worthwhile. It's not. Desperately exciting, but it's nice to see what's going on. There's a chance to chat to other sellers in your area too. There's a couple of sort of networking breakout sessions where you can meet other people in your area or maybe that work on a particular topic that's of interest to you. Um, so it's, it's worth uh, it's worth checking out. So that's the 19th, 1 p.m. or 4 p.m., depending on your time zone. And you can find out all the details at sellerevents.ebay.com. And you okay. can join Philip or me in yes. our networking rooms. We are we I... are hosting our respective rooms. I'm doing, yes. what do they call it? I think it's southeast or is it central Florida? Anyway, I, I'm in the Orlando area, but it seems to, doesn't really matter. They, sh <laughs> they should have just said Disneyland. There you go. Near Disneyland. Um and, and you're part of the, oh, you know, you're doing um, uh, hiring staff, right? So you're doing you're yes, subject, hiring subject matter. Help. Very you good. know, it's something I'm enthusiastic no, about. No, we, that was very good. So, okay, so that's what's taking place next Thursday. Do check that out. And uh, in the subject of meeting evil from people from eBay, uh, we'll talk more about that right after this. Okay, so Philip and Sherry clearly aren't experts. We need your help. Will you be a guest on the show? Is there something about selling on eBay that you can share? We'd like to have you join us. Contact us. www.sell sell sell dot online that's www.sell sell sell dot online thank you for being part of the show so it's been i guess a couple of years now since we've had uh, our usual quota of ebay face-to-face -face events um and i guess the other night was the first proper sort of meetup type uh, event with eBay people actually in physical attendance. We sent our roving correspondent, Sherry, to the meeting yes. to find out what happened. Firstly, let me ask you, if someone hasn't been to a eBay seller meetup, what, what, do, what do they expect? Should they go? Yes, definitely. Um, now that they're in person, especially uh, during COVID, I did attend a couple online and, and that's good too it's kind of like a nice little shadow of what it's really like in person um, and in person it's really fun you meet other sellers and everyone's a lot of people are doing different things mm -hmm. uh, like one gal um sells collectible antique collectibles only and i'm thinking like oh yeah i do that sometimes too 
But then she was talking about a lamp that she sold for $750. So she really knows her stuff. And it, it's really fun to meet different people who are doing so well in their different niche. Because it's, it, it's a, a lonely lot of old business running an eBay business. You're working, for most of us, by yourself, often in your home or your basement. Maybe the postman's the only person you see every day. And a lot of people, I think, go to these things. It's a chance to meet, get out of the house and, and see people and interact. And I think people feel they, they want to meet their tribe sometimes. And that's the only way you can do it is get out and go to some of these events. So if you yes. haven't been, I, I would definitely recommend going. It's usually, what, between 20 and 50 people, I guess, depending on the, the size of the particular group. Yes. But and lots of this time, and- yeah, for this special in-person occasion having Brian and Rebecca and Stephanie Hall from eBay. They so these are the community people, right? The, the, yes. their, their job is to manage on behalf of the eBay corporation the relationship with the, the people that work in the sellers basically out in the eBay community. That's right. And they're very well suited for it. They're mm-hmm. really wonderful, nice, warm people. Um, and I got to experienced that firsthand. So they combined the Denver and Colorado Springs uh, meetup groups. And we probably had almost 50 people Hmm. in that room. Actually, it's kind of funny, and this is just a side note, but as we pulled up, there were several police cars out there, um, a fire truck, and I really had to know what was happening. Um, of course, this had nothing to do with our event in the one room, but this is just a very big venue with a lot of different sections. It turns mm-hmm. out it was a very um, violent bar fight, and someone oh, got good. taken away in an ambulance. It's my kind of gig. And I know. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm not sure I'll uh, hang out at that place, but it, it's actually a really nice place. And it had nothing to do with the eBay sellers. So going into the the room with the eBay sellers, I saw that Rebecca Michaels was occupied with some sellers because it started off with just mingling. And um, Brian Burke was talking to a couple sellers. And I wasn't going to be so rude yet. And I I also want to add that I'm an introvert. So if you're introverted and thinking like, I don't need other people. Um, I almost think that's more of a reason to do this because Mm. you're not going to maybe have as much connection with people if you're introverted like me. But being in one of these um, meetings, one of these situations, um, it kind of forces you into that. Because at first I went and just stood at a table with Stormy who came with me and... um, and we just stood there for a while and I, you know, was looking around and thinking like, everyone's so engaged in conversation. I'm just going to stand here and like, why did I come? And then not too long after Rebecca Michaels came up to me and gave me a hug. Hmm. And so, of course, she's like one of my favorite people. Um, she's really a warm and kind person. And um, also... Philip, you might be interested to know that her fiance is English. Well, so. there we go. That's good. <laughs> Chalk one up for the for the English folk in the room. Um, 
she has two teenagers. And another thing that won me over even more with her is she said, you know, people talk about teenagers, you know, in a certain way. And she's like, and I absolutely adore mine. They're wonderful. And Mm I, as you know, agree with her because that's all I hire. Do you think, do you find these guys when they show up are in listen mode? Do you feel you can let things off your chest and be honest with them about what's not going right? Or is it just a corporate road show where they just give you the the corporate line on stuff and, you know, you just have to accept the way they say things? Not yes and no. So I don't know which way to answer your question, but I know what the answer is. Um, so after we were mingling and after they gave a pretty short presentation that was a question and answer time that we could just ask whatever we want. Mm -hmm. And people were asking, of course, talking about item specifics. So, you know, that was a little bit of a heated question because you know how people feel about item specifics. And did the uh, listing, does that listing flow come up as a question as well? No, funny thing that, that, uh, you know what it didn't, listing from mobile came up, but not the new listing flow. But, Someone apologized, said, oh, I'm sorry, we're really giving you a hard time. Or, and then someone else was saying something about the community boards and, oh, that must be rough. And Rebecca Michaels said very genuinely that she said, you know what? I'm glad that they express themselves. I see it as an opportunity to be able to address it and figure out what's going wrong and she said and if they don't say anything then we don't know and then they just Mm -hmm. leave Mm -hmm. so she was amazing and brian in saying that of course you know it doesn't feel great you know but they she said we all have very thick skin and we're just we want to know how people feel and what their experience is and we're glad to know it brian has said um, at various places, I don't think there's any great secret, that one of his, his tasks of his job, I think it's weekly, he has to send a report that I think goes all the way to the top in terms of what what's going on with sellers this week, what reactions have taken place, what's working, what's not working. Um, so I, I can't say the guarantee they necessarily listen to it 100%, but certainly the message is sent upwards uh, yes. from these kind of meetings and it is filtered around the organisation. And they did say that, that mm-hmm. the, this information, like even the feedback that they were getting is going straight up and, and Jamie will hear about it. And um, so they absolutely do listen. And also something to keep in mind is if you're in a little boat, you know, or on a paddleboard, you can just turn it around. But when you're on a massive ship, you know, or a, a freight carrier, you know, it takes a lot to get it turned around. And where the engine room is doing their own thing and not not listening to the captain. (laughs) Anyway, um, you had your little notebook with you. Were there any nuggets of information they shared that we ought to know about that we may not have heard already? Well, I heard them say out loud to this room of 50 people um, that they alluded to some in-person component to eBay Open. Hmm, Okay. So so that's in September, keep your ears right? open for that. Yes. September, I think. Yes. Okay. So that's one exciting mm-hmm. little tidbit. And, oh, yeah. And I want to also talk about Stephanie Hall, who spoke for briefly, but she is the person who works on the content on the podcast, the eBay for Business podcast. 
and also who works on the up and running grants. So this is the eBay deal where 50 people get selected to receive $10,000. The applications are currently open. If you haven't checked it out, you can find that online. And I think it's open till June the 10th, maybe something like that. Yep, something like that. And did they give you any insight as to how they decide who, who gets the $10,000? Because I'm yes. asking for a friend, obviously. Oh, yes. Well, I feel like I got a few tidbits. So first of all, uh, during this exercise they had where we all sat at different tables and then they gave us a topic to sit to talk about, um, Stephanie Hall sat next to me and she said, you know, congratulations, because I had won from the grant from the previous one. Yep, well and she said, you know, we read them blindly. And I, I was really touched by that. The fact that, I, I don't know if this sounds arrogant or something, but they didn't know who I was, mm -hmm. and they read what I wrote, and they were moved by it. And she, she said that. I was Well, really that's, that's quite reassuring, it. because there's a lot of faces that tend to pop up on eBay things quite regularly, and you wouldn't yeah. want to feel that the system was skewed towards the people that perhaps, you know, make the most noise. Yes. So I loved that, that they read the applications blind. They don't know who it is. They really are looking for sincerity, um, something that really reaches them. But in addition to that, um, Rebecca Michaels said when she was speaking that they really are looking for people who are serious and you know, maybe they're fairly new or maybe they're not, but they're really focused on this and want to grow their business. So I think that's an important thing mm. to convey. Um, and then what, were the, what was the other thing? I mean, definitely what you're going, be specific about what you're going to use the money for. So it's not just a cash handout to improve your bottom line. You want to make a case for something specific. Yes, and how it's going to help you grow your business. Gotcha. Um, they also, because I was specifically talking about uh, the person that I brought with me, I said, oh my gosh, when did you start selling? You should apply for this. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, you know, a few months ago. So um, Stephanie actually gave us an exact date. If you started selling, and of course I don't remember the exact date. It's either February 24th or February 28th. Okay, so if you started selling then, that's long enough to have been selling to qualify to apply. Now, when you go to the site to apply, it seems a bit dull, but there's a there's a link to like terms and conditions. It is worth taking a trip down through that link because they explain the scoring criteria that they use to award the grants, and you can see the sort of things they're looking for, and that might be helpful. Uh, when you come to write your little essays, your 300-word segments, uh, to have that in mind so you know what they're looking for on their end and you can then kind of tweak it a little bit perhaps towards the, the points that they're scoring on their side. So I would yes. take a, just check that out before you start finalising your answers because it might help you whittle that down to the, the, the critical 300 words that really do communicate the right message. Yes, and another thing that I noted that they said is they're really looking for true entrepreneurs. Do they so, define that? <laughs> I'm trying to think what that is. <laughs> I 
don't think so. I didn't write any right. more about that, but try to convey that you're a real entrepreneur. I'm assuming also they've brought the timing forward because previous two years, it's been a real scramble uh, to get the thing done before the end of the, the year and to get the money out in the right tax year. Um, they're starting a lot earlier this year, so I'm assuming that they'll pick a few people uh, out of the the lucky fifty to be featured on e- uh, the eBay Open event. They'll maybe set a camera crew around, and you'll be featured in full motion video on the screens. I, I, I'm guessing yes, that, but that, that would, that would seem sense. sensible in terms of how they've got the timing set up. If their cutoff is uh, first half of June, that would be quite plausible to have all that sorted out and and sorted out by the time the big show happens in September. Yes. Good. Any other nuggets of information we need to know about? They talked about um, the mentor program that you could sign up to be a mentor. Mm -hmm. But I think this is on the eBay community, like pages. So I didn't learn much about that. But if you're looking um, to be a mentor, I believe that's on eBay community online. I saw Um, there was some article about... A third-party site where you could sign up to be an eBay expert or something, and they would pay you a dollar something every yeah, time. Yeah, I did you... that. Oh, did you do that? And how I many, did How many that. dollar somethings have you you raked in so far on this? In oh, I, I think I may. I think I made thirty-five dollars and decided that I need to get every single thing I have listed before I go back to this, and it's been months. And I don't know if I don't think I'll ever go back because I make more money listing. I would imagine you would have to be very, very brief in your answers, and you would be very motivated by the fact that the return on your time would be limited, very much limited by how quick you could get rid of someone and how short yeah. you could make your answers. Because you, for a dollar, you wouldn't have a lot of time. I, I know. I'm thinking so like what sixty I... seconds. And that's not yeah. a lot of time to analyze someone's rambling question and, and frame a really nice, concise answer. That'd be pretty hard to do for a dollar's worth of your time. Yeah. What I did for that maybe hour that I engaged with it was uh, come up with, when I answered one, then if another one was asking the same question, yes. I went and copy and paste it. Mm-hmm. But if they were paying $5 per answer, I might see, that might be profitable. But at a dollar, I, I couldn't make it profitable. Very good. Okay, uh, any other quick thoughts? Did they say anything about uh, the content of eBay Open this year? Because uh, we haven't heard much from them so yes, far on that. a little bit. They said that it's going to be three afternoons, just the afternoons, because mm-hmm. they know we're busy, and that they're going to have experts in all different categories, like, for example, category manager experts. They're mm-hmm. going to have networking and breakout rooms um, so then anyway, that, those are the notes that I took about eBay Open. Very good. Well, that's uh, about it for this week's edition of the Selling on eBay radio show. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. This is Philip Jackson saying thank you so much. And um, Sherry? Have a great weekend and thank you for being here. And uh, do stay in contact throughout the week. You can do that through our website. That's sell, sell, sell. Dot online. Again, that's sell, sell, sell dot online. All that remains for us to say is have a great week. We'll see you next time. <laughs>